Good to see everybody. Welcome to everyone on Zoom as well. And thank you all for coming and being here. My name is Matthew. I'm the lead pastor here at Cedar Ridge. So um, we're in a series um, at the moment. This is week two of our series called Winter Kindness. And we're looking at the whole concept of kindness, particularly um, at a time of year where it's dark and it's for some people sad. And, um, you know, there's a sort of post-holiday blues, perhaps, and also just not a lot of sunlight around. And it's very, very cold out there. Um, so we're looking at the whole concept of kindness as bringing light into that darkness, bringing um, light into the difficult situations that we all experience in everyday life and in, in the world at large. Um, today, we're going to talk about justice. Um, so it's called just kindness. And we're going to explore a little bit this relationship between kindness and justice, between love and justice. And I think sometimes when we think about kindness, we often think about it in a more individualistic sense, you know, charitable acts that we do, kind acts that we do between, you know, kindness between individuals. But, um, you know, we have to ask ourselves, is it is it possible actually to be kind, to be charitable, but still um, prop up systems of injustice in the world that are perhaps the cause for the reason why we have to show charity and have to show kindness to people or what provoke, provokes that in the first place? Um, there's also the issue, I think, of is it possible to be um just or to stand for justice and be unkind now i'm not saying that uh, we might come across as unkind because we challenge situations and we uh we we see them for what they are but um is it is it possible that we'd be unloving in our attempts to speak out about justice in, in terms of how we look at people who who disagree with us in terms of how we approach that whole subject and i think the answer to that probably is yeah it's possible in 1 corinthians 13 paul in that very famous passage about love talks about the fact that it's, it's you can give away everything you have to the poor you can give up your body to be burned you can make all these sacrifices but if you don't have love which infers that it's possible not to have love then it profits you nothing. It doesn't. It doesn't stand for anything. It only just propagates more of the problem rather than bringing a solution. So we're going to look at kindness in that respect. This sense of integrity, uh, of the integrity of kindness, the integrity of justice. That it's about both of those elements lived out um, consistently from the heart. And we're also going to explore a little bit this whole notion of just injustice is darkness. Injustice. Is a, is a manifestation of dark, darkness. Um, you think about that, you know, I think at one level, it's very easy for us to see that, that injustice has, has propagated untold misery, pain, violence, death in our world. It's really dark. And there's another sense in which I think we experience that darkness though, in the, in the very struggle for justice. Um, I don't know whether you can relate to this, but when we think about justice and that struggle, that journey, how many of us feel tired? How many of us feel weary? Because um, how much progress, we ask ourselves, how much progress are we making? I mean, it never goes away. The injustice never goes away. I mean, we, you know, we, we've experienced that even just in this past week with stories where you think like, how can this keep going on? How can we, how can we keep doing this? How many of us feel tired and weary and burdened and weighed down with it? How many of us feel hopeless, perhaps, where will anything ever change? Um, how many of us feel confused? I mean, what are the answers? I mean, there's so many different opinions out there, right? What are the, what's the right approach? And we might even have that not just at a sort of a, a, a larger scale or a political scale even, but like at the personal level where we have different perspectives 
with people that we really care about, that we love. They, they have a very different view of it than we do. And that creates conflict, right? Which, which creates more tension for us, creates more emotion. And there's nothing wrong with that emotion. That emotions are good. Anger is good. But that also takes a toll on us. We might be afraid because what are the implications of not dealing with injustice? I mean, the world is not necessarily getting a better place, right? I mean, we have, we have all kinds of evidence telling us that things could get really bad. Um, they're pretty bad, but they could get really bad. And then we have, um, perhaps on top of that, this sense of, um, along, alongside that, that, that sense of hopelessness, um, there's perhaps doubt. Like, does anybody, is anybody going to bring a solution? Like, I mean, how many of us have absolute confidence in our political leaders at the moment? Anybody? You know, our last two presidents took home top secret documents of their golf club and their garage. I mean, it's like, what the heck? Can we really trust anybody? I mean, is, can, you, can we trust the political system? I and mean, politics just more and more seems like a show, a game. It's just, it's, it's kind of crazy. Whatever perspective you have on all that. And if, if you are struggling with any of those things, and I, I think I struggle with every single one of those to varying degrees at varying times, but that has a sense of weighing us down. It has another sense of darkness, I think. And so what we're going to do this morning is, is explore, is it possible for us in that struggle for justice, in our desire to, with integrity, embody love and justice, kindness and justice, is it possible for us to return to the light? Uh, and we'll sort of, in a way, have a little nod back and look back to um, our Christmas theme. Is it possible for us to return to love? If we've lost that center in any sense, or we've moved away from that center, can we return to that um, as, as, as a way of, of embodying this kindness that we're talking about? So we're going to just explore that a little bit this morning. And um, first of all, we're, we're going to talk about the light, because um, in, in John um, chapter one, we read at Christmas time, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overtake it. So there's, there's good news there that, that as followers of Jesus, we believe this refers to Jesus, that Jesus comes into the world, comes into our reality, um, in, into the, I mean, into the and, and there's that sort of very foundational language. That, I mean, all things were created through him. Uh, the whole of reality is dependent on him. And Jesus comes into that reality and brings light. Um, and and illuminates the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it I and mean, that's this sort of starting point for us because if if we feel like the light's dimming down in our own lives or dimming down in the world the good news is that the darkness cannot overcome this light the light of christ and jesus comes in and illumines and what what is it jesus is illumining well it's it's not um some, in, a, in one sense, it's not something new. Jesus is, is illuminating the darkness, illuminating um, a, a certain reality. And we, we read a little bit more about that reality in, in, uh, later on in this same chapter where it says he was in the world and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. 
who were born, not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. So there we get a, a, a sense of what this illumination is all about, what, what, what uh, the light is revealing. And it's revealing the reality that we're children of God, that we belong to one another, that we participate in the divine gene pool, if you like, that sense of, I mean, it's a, I think this is a metaphor that's being used to show us that we're one, we're one with one another, we're children together, and we're one with God. We're, we're, we, we share the divine essence as, as part of that family. And that changes reality. If we understand that, and we, we get that, 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 changes, that changes everything. Um, but it's possible in that second section there, we're told, it's possible for us to resist that light, to, to step back from that light, to, to remain in darkness. And you, you get this sense of, I think, a choice, right? We either step into the light that, that, has, that cannot be overcome, or we retreat into the darkness. And there's reasons for that. Um, and we, we, we probably all have different reasons why we do that. I mean, I think in, um, when Jesus came into the world, we see very clearly that people who perhaps stood to lose something from an understanding that we're one, that there's not people up here and people down here, that there's not children of God and people who aren't children of God, that if, if you're up, up in the hierarchy, of darkness, then you stand to lose something, right? It, it doesn't make sense for you. It's better to have enemies and better to have people in their in their positions. So it would be better to stay in that darkness rather than come into that light that's going to illuminate that we're all one. And that love is the fundamental reality of the universe. Um, but there's other reasons too why we might retreat from the light. Um, because we might be, we might feel very self-righteous. Um, that we might, we might, in, and, and let's think about this in terms of our um, struggle for justice, even. We might feel self-righteous or we might be um, actually very hurt and bitter. And we're not operating out of love. We're operating out of us and others. Um, the whole idea of self-righteousness is such a subtle one, isn't it? Because I think we, um, it's not about being right or wrong. You can be totally right and not be self-righteous. The issue is not rightness. I mean, rightness is relative, right? We all, we all have to acknowledge that our perspective on anything is not necessarily 100% truth. But the issue of self-righteousness is not being right. It's how we feel about being right. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, the, think of situations. <laughs> I think if I do this all the time, particularly with my wife, I, it's like, we'll have a disagreement or something. Did you put that thing away where, where you said you didn't? No, yeah, I put it away, I put it away. And then, no, you didn't. And now it is. And then I go and prove that I did do it. I did the thing right. Because I, not just because I want to be seen to be right, but I want, well, not just because I want to be right, but I want to see, to be seen to be right. Is a self, you know, when we get one over something like that, doesn't that feel so good? You know, when somebody tries to prove you wrong, but it turns, and you can, you, and we'll sort of check back on emails and do this, that, and the other to, to prove ourselves right, because it just feels so good. But what is that? That is actually me making myself better than somebody else. That's me making someone else other. And actually, my, I'm defining myself by just being better than somebody else, rather than that we're all children of God. I mean, it's very subtle, but we feed off that stuff. That's darkness, right? That's us 
oh, I want to stay in the darkness because I don't want that being revealed in my own life. I don't want I don't want the, the I don't want to have to address the pain in my own life that maybe makes me act a certain way in life because I know it's going to be hard work and I don't want to have to own it. So we sort of hover around on the the edge of darkness. And that's I think what what this writer is getting at here is that there's a choice to be made. And can we come into the light if we're not in the light, then even our most wonderful actions might actually be fueled by things like self-righteousness, things like pain and bitterness, things like hatred and violence. And we're never going to solve and resolve the problems of the human condition. We just perpetuate the problem. Now, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. So, so clearly, well, let's actually, let's read that in Matthew. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. So Jesus obviously has a lot more confidence in us that we can not only sort of be in the light and receivers of light, but actually we can be generators of light. I'm, I'm reminded of when Paul, again, in Philippians talks about, we can shine like stars. In other words, we're not like necessarily like the moon that's just reflecting light. We can be like the sun where we actually radiate light. And, um, and, and we're bringing light into the world in the same way that Jesus, Jesus did. But I think we often don't feel like that, right? We feel overwhelmed. Are we really light? And again, we go back to a, 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 another sort of Christmas type uh, passage in, in Isaiah that we read um, on Christmas Eve, um, where um, we, be, we would, as followers of Jesus, believe uh, the prophet here is writing about the coming Messiah. Here is my servant whom I, I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. I will, he will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching, the islands will put their hope. So we can put our hope in, the, in uh, Christ. We can, and Christ is not going to snuff that, that flickering flame, that, we, the dying embers, if you like. The good news is that we can return to the light and be empowered. And that, that as, as we return to Jesus and we center ourselves on that light in honesty and openness and vulnerability, which is a painful place to be. And that's why the darkness is so tempting. But as we come to that light, we can be empowered and fanned into flame and restored. And hopefully some of that we might experience some of that this morning. So we're going to return to the light. We'll, we'll, in a moment, we'll do some exercises that might help us to do that. The other side of this then is returning to love. Returning to love. Because really, if we think about what is it that, you know, I've alluded to this already, what is it that the light illuminates? What is it, what's, if, if we're in darkness, the world is in darkness, and people are stumbling around and they see they see a reality, but they're not seeing that reality clearly. What fundamentally is it that the light reveals? And I think really, if, you were, if we were to try and sum this up, it's that the basic premise of the universe is love, that we are one, one with one another, 
one with God. Um, that we bear that image. And Jesus taught about this all the time. Jesus was constantly breaking down the barriers between human beings and human beings and between human beings and God. And all kinds of passages we could go to to look at that. But in, in, in John's gospel, I think you know, it captures it in this section really beautifully. My, Jesus, Jesus is praying. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and I have loved them even as, as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. We get that sort of that reference back to the very beginning passage in John about talking about the foundation of the world. I and mean, we're talking about really basic fundamental things to the human existence here and 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 um in this passage we we get this whole concept of oneness oneness with god oneness with jesus oneness with one another the fact that um that that love is a manifestation of the fact that we bear the divine divine image that we we're children of god that we are we um we have we're part of that gene pool, the divine gene pool, if you like, using that uh, perhaps a more um, modern metaphor for that. Um, so what this means, of course, is that, and we, we see Jesus, this reflected in Jesus's teaching, it means if you love someone else, you're loving yourself. In, in, in Matthew, again, we go back to Matthew's gospel here. Um, hearing that Jesus has silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, under this concept, with this concept of oneness, there's no separation between um, self and other. Jesus is saying, love someone else. If you, as you love someone else, you're really loving yourself and vice versa. And, and then um, Jesus also talks about the fact that if, when we love others and we, we are kind to others, we're actually being kind to Jesus. In, in Matthew 25, um, after a very famous parable Jesus um, uh, tells, he, he, he then quotes, the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of these, the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it to me. So that's the nature. I mean, it, this sense of oneness works out very, very practically, very, very practically in real life. I mean, that sense of oneness, I think, can feel like a philosophical, philosophical, esoteric concept. But this is very real because it's going to impact how I see other people and, 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 and seeing the divine, especially in other people. So let's just explore for a second here. Um, and maybe we can put that next slide up, Greg. Uh, justice is love and kindness in action. What does this mean? Okay, so what when we think about justice, 
when we talk about the light, when we talk about the returning to the light, returning to love, what does that practically mean? Well, first of all, injustice, so the opposite of justice, injustice is a product of the illusion of separateness. In other words, the reality is that we are one. Now, in the darkness, we don't see clearly, and we think that we are, you're not the same as me, you're my enemy, you're my this, whatever it is, and we think of that perhaps about God like that, like God is a distant figure, who a, a, a separate figure who has to be pleased and placated and um, who's kind of breathing down our neck all the time, uh, criticizing us, judging us, evaluating us. Um, we, that's the darkness. That's the lack of clarity. Whereas when the light comes in, it reveals it. No, actually, that, that's not the real. That's not the truth. That's not the reality. When the lights go on, we see something else. And what we see is, for instance, justice is oneness with others. If we see justice that way, in other words, I am one with the world. We're all children of God. Some of us are living under an illusion that we're not. Some of us are beginning to grasp that. But once we enter into that, then I can't be unjust. Because... You're my brother. You're my sister. You're, you're my sibling. You're, we're, we're, we're part of the same family. Um, you are me, if you like. And not only can I, not only is that going to provoke me or challenge me to do something about injustice. Again, getting back to the heart of the issue. Where does this come from? It's going to challenge me not to do it in a, in a condescending kind of way, right? Because we're, we're one. We're, we're, we're together. Circumstances have resulted in somebody being an oppressor and somebody being the oppressed. But the reality is that we're all one. So I can't be condescending about that. I can't be superior about that. I need to be in partnership, alongside, together in that. Justice is oneness with God. Um, this sense of oneness actually in some ways it's comforting to think that we're one with god we're one with with the eternal but in another way it's really disturbing because when we when we when we experience oneness with god we experience the pain the anger the anguish of god about injustice i mean you see this in the prophets right the prophets um, as we read them in, in the Hebrew scriptures, experience intimacy with God. You, they, uh, some of them write about their, um, their experiences and uh, they're sort of uh, um, at times almost, almost out of body experiences that, that um, they kind of threw them into their prophetic ministry. Um, they have, they've experienced intimacy with God, a connection to God, a closeness with God, a oneness with God. And that then results in them having to speak out, having to say something, having to do something that feels so genuine because it's coming from a, the, the depth of their hearts, but it's, it's coming from the depths of God's heart. It's coming from a really deep place. And they kind of own it and embody it. And it's, it's really uncomfortable. Um, so it's not just, oh, we're all one. Isn't that wonderful? This, is, this can be alarming. This could be very disturbing, very disruptive. And then justice is oneness with Jesus. Um, and this is, I think, really crucial here because Jesus is the light of the world. And he says, you are the light of the world. Somehow, 
because of our oneness with Christ, we get to operate in the same way that Christ operated. Um, Jesus doesn't just allude to this. He talks about it in John 15. Um, he says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So here's Jesus saying, okay, this one, be conscious of this oneness. Be conscious of your union with me, because as I'm in you, then there's that energy. You, you, you have the same energy as Christ to um, bring to all the injustice that we, we um, see in the world, to all the unkindness that we see perpetrated. We have that energy of love, that energy of the light within us. And we, it, it kind of shifts us, I, uh, I think. As we think about light as, and, and coming into the light, as we think about returning to love and centering ourselves on love, love, I think it shifts us away from just try harder, do more, um, which I think a lot of us, I know I feel like that, especially when it comes to injustice. I feel like I should do more. I need to do more. I need to try harder. I'm not, and, and especially if we've got all those issues stacked up, like we feel a bit hopeless, we feel tired, we feel um we've got our doubts about who, who to believe um we can we can feel the weight of that just kind of driving us to do more and should we be doing more yes should we be passionate about this should we try harder absolutely yes it's just that that try harder do more it's not good enough language is not the language of jesus you you, you don't hear jesus talking like that actually it's the language of uh, the religious, it's the language in, in the Christian scriptures, in the gospel, it's the language of the Pharisees. In fact, Jesus criticizes the Pharisees for just this. In Matthew's gospel, he says, it says, Jesus said to the crowd and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Um, that's, that's the, you need to do better. You need to try harder. You need to do more approach. Jesus's approach is completely the opposite. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, we could treat that, and, and, and um, let me say, I don't know whether this is the scripture we read the most here, but it's in the top five, right? <laughs> um, and you can blame me for that, because um, um, for how many years I've, I've, I've been quoting the scripture, and uh, I'm not super original. So, um, But why do we keep coming back to it? I think we come back to it because we're worn out, because we get tired. Because the world is a, is a hard place. Life can be hard. Life can be difficult. And sometimes, and this, I think this passage alludes to it, sometimes religion is the last thing we need because that just puts another weight on us, another load. Another, it just, it's just another thing. Oh, yeah, still, I'm not even good enough for that. Um, and that's not the spirit of Christ. Now, nor is this a cop-out. Nor is this like, oh, we're one with God. Let's just sail into the sunset in, in our sort of, you know, existential bliss. 
Um, this is about, this isn't about taking it easy. This isn't about letting people off the hook. This isn't about like, yeah, we can't, probably can't change the unjust systems of the world. So let's just, let's just um, sail off into the sunset with Jesus. This is saying, no, it's possible to try harder and do more and just keep floundering. Or it's possible to, to be one with Christ, to be yoked to Christ, to, to learn from Christ, to have that power in our lives so that we can be like Jesus, so that we actually, inevitably, we will do more. We'll accomplish more. It comes back to this, where is our center? What, what is all this coming out of? Is it coming out of um, a place of darkness or is it coming out of a place of love and light? That's what's going to transform the world. I think that's what Jesus is, is, is getting at here. That's what's going to um, transform the world. So let's just take a moment here. We're going to, um, I want to just, as we wrap up, um, we're going to do a couple of meditations, but I also want to talk about some opportunities that we have coming up to take action for justice, to, to, to do something. Um, so again, this is not about not doing stuff. This is about the energy for the struggle and, 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 and partnering with Christ in that struggle. So let's just take a moment for this first meditation. We're going to just, um, quiet in our hearts and I, I would encourage you to close your eyes nobody's gonna steal your wallet or anything like that if you're in that um posture but just to just to it help i think it helps quiet our, our minds and our hearts and let's focus on our breathing as a way of centering ourselves just be conscious of your breathing you don't have to breathe quicker than normal or deeper than normal, just focus on your breathing. The in and out of that, the rhythm of that, the constancy of that and the consistency. Enjoy it. Enjoy every in-breath that brings you life. Enjoy the relief of breathing out so that you can take another breath, which is there for you every time. And as we breathe in air, let's breathe in God's constant love for us. So immediately present, that would even say we are in God and God is in us. There's no separation. And every feeling or thought that tells us we are not loved or we are not good enough. Let's release that as we breathe out each time. And as you receive God's love, let the light in. Just let the light in. No need to fear. Because perfect love casts out fear. 
let the light into your pain, your anger. Let the light into your indifference. Let the light into our sense of failure, our shame. No need to shrink back because love casts out fear. No fear of punishment because that's not what love is about. And as you let the light in, let the burden lift. The burden of hopelessness or tiredness or doubt, fear, confusion. Imagine Christ right with you, yoked to you, bearing that burden, partnering with you. While we're in this place, let's stay in a prayerful place. Um, but from that place, I want to share some things that we can do that as a community, um, we have these opportunities that, that are coming up. Um, you could open your eyes and look at these on the screen if you want, or to just remain with your eyes closed, whatever feels appropriate for you. But um, as, you, as many will know, we have um, becoming a beloved community gatherings coming up. And th these are um, opportunities for us as a community to come together to share about how we can become a more just, equitable uh, community within ourselves. You know, a lot of our justice work is out there, but we want to, to, to live this, to embody it. Um, and we have a session after the service today that's full we're keeping them small just 10 people each time uh, because we want everybody to feel they can really share in that in, in those environments um we have another one coming up the week after next all this information is in your uh bulletin the flyer uh there's one on zoom next the week after next and then on uh, february the 12th sunday again after the service there's another one you can sign up for those online um and we're, we're hoping actually that we'll fill all these and we'll need to set other ones up. So 
Um, when you sign up, if it's full, just let us know you, you still want to come and we'll set up some, some more sessions. That's a really important thing for us as a community. So I want to encourage you to participate in that. Um, tomorrow, um, today's Martin Luther King's birthday. And tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day. And, and in honor of that, we're, uh, we're ha we have this policing in schools event. We're going to be showing a documentary. You, you saw the trailer for that at the very beginning of the service. Uh, it's called On These Grounds. And we'll be exploring the whole issue of justice as it relates to policing in schools with an opportunity for advocacy and action right there and then um, when we gather to, uh, tomorrow night. So just encourage everybody uh, to participate in that if you're able to. Um, and then we're also, um, our, right now, our, our children and our um, uh, youth are making up packages, winter packages for the homeless with um, different items in them you can, you can see there. Um, and uh, gloves, socks, stuff that will help people stay warm um, this winter. And they'll be bringing those in later. We're going to put them in the boxes here and then take the boxes out to the lobby area. Just encourage you to take a package with you. Um, you, uh, they, they'll have a little card with them and you might also want to um, put a little bit of money in there um, five, you know, just a little bit say five dollars ten dollars we um, sort of checked in with homeless agencies and that's you know normally you know I think a lot of us have felt maybe we shouldn't give cash but what they're saying is this gives um, people who are unhoused an opportunity to uh, go into a warmer uh, environment like buy a cup of coffee somewhere and just get out of the cold uh, for a period of time. So encourage you to take advantage of that. Um, so there's some opportunities for us to take action um, in the spirit of embodying the light, in the spirit of love that, that Jesus brings. Um, and I want to I encourage you as we move forward this year, um, as we think about our actions for justice, as we think about our actions in everyday life, in, in every respect, to return to that center, return to the center of light, the center of love. I mean, this is why I think we celebrate certain things annually, um, sometimes more frequently annually, because we, we kind of get off center. Um, and, and, you know, so we, we have Christmas where we celebrate that because we need to recenter ourselves. And, and something we do regularly that helps us recenter ourselves is communion. We're going to take communion in a moment. Um, and I, I won't say too much about communion because communion is communion, right? We're, it's it's a, 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 a metaphorical um, demonstration to us of our union with one another and our union with God. We see us, Christ is present um, in, in communion. Um, and um, so everybody in, in, a, in a moment, we're, we're going to do another very brief meditation. In a moment, though, we'll have an opportunity to come up and take communion uh, in the middle there at the front here. You can come up and eat and drink together uh, or you can take it back to your seat, whatever works best for you. We have um, candles that we can light around the around the um, or at the back there and also candles and prayer station for Ukraine in the, in the back corner there. Um, we have prayers that we can write out, um, prayer requests that we can write out, different ways to respond. Um, but I want to read a, a scripture for us. I'm just going to reflect on this. Um, I'm, going to, I'm just going to read it through once. It's a psalm, Psalm 46. And let's kind of, again, quiet our hearts. It, it'll be projected if it helps to read it, for you to see it. That's great. You may just want to close your eyes and listen to it. But as we come to this moment of responsiveness in the service, 
Um, let's read this psalm, let's receive this psalm as a way of experiencing peace that comes with light and love, that can energize us. We don't normally think of peace that way, but in a way that, that can energize us for this journey that we're on, this struggle that we're on, this very real struggle to bring justice. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. God lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease. To the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's just hold some silence as we let that sink in. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know.
be still. Be. Again, let's stay in that place of centeredness, prayerfulness. Whenever you're ready, no rush, come take communion or move around. Um, the band will play some songs for us. Mm -hmm.